This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. You're listening now to the Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our show today. It's a beautiful day again in San Diego. Of course, you hear me say that every week, and every week I say you hear me say that every week. So you're probably tired of hearing that, but it is a beautiful day. We've got a little butterfly right outside the window. And the hummingbirds still come and try to get what's left of the beautiful purple tree we have outside. I don't know quite what it is. But we have a beautiful show today. We have our wonderful Penny Kelly back with us again today. Today she'll be talking to us about health, about getting well naturally from the soil to the stomach. And this is such an important topic. And Penny's been wanting to come on and talk to everybody about health. And certainly we are privileged to have her with us today because she is a uh, naturopath and has gone through so many of her own experiences with her own health, which she'll share with us. And I'm really, really happy that that's going to be happening, aren't you, Ohio? Because we all need help these days, don't we? Well, Angel was mentioned a number of very important things there, San Diego being one and then health. And both of those traditionally, in my mind, were always about the healthy lifestyle, the California beach babe type of image. And it was always about health and nutrition and natural foods and all that kind of thing. But unfortunately, of late, we have been more and more disappointed with the way foods are being modified, the way they're being contaminated with all kinds of things and that it brings a little sadness to me because here we are in this wonderful place but yet our own nutrition is 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 suspect indeed we found ourselves having to go to various naturopaths and various uh, natural doctors lately with you know thyroid issues and the doctor himself actually said that that was as a result of chemtrails i couldn't believe what i was hearing but this is what we're up against and this is what we're discussing today. So I'm really, really looking forward to getting Penny on with us very, very shortly. That's right. And certainly the things today, the atmosphere and the food and quality and everything is a whole lot different than what it was when we were younger. But you mentioned California and we have read a report that pretty much everything in California is contaminated with radiation from Japan. Now, I don't know if that's true. Or it's just the seafood, but perhaps Penny could give us some hints about what to do about that as well. We are on a pretty good health regime now, Hannah. We, we, we're lucky enough to find ourselves a really good Chinese doctor of late. And uh, so let's, let's get through our announcements, and then let's get on with Penny. Well, before we do, let's do a tiny little recap in the sense that last week we had with us the lovely Judith Kravitz and we were doing the 100 Breaths to Joy. And this is one of the regimes that we've adopted. I don't know if any of you remember from last week, but we told the story of how when we were in Ireland the last time, our good friend Murt O'Brien every Sunday morning held a little breathing session of which we really, really so much look forward to and anticipated and enjoyed. And we've picked up that routine again here, and we are loving that hundred breaths to joy. And this week, 
We mentioned that we have back again our wonderful Penny Kelly. And we've had Penny on several times discussing consciousness and energy and her work with Dr. Levengood on crop circles and bovine incisions and her encounter with the elves of Lily Hill Farm and all of that. And that was all wonderful discussions. And for those of you that may have missed those episodes, here's a tiny little update for you. Penny is a writer, teacher, consultant, speaker, publisher and a naturopathic physician. She has been researching and exploring consciousness, cognition, perception, intelligence for over 30 years. And she's written six books of her own, while at the same time she publishes books on the subjects of spirituality and health for others. She shared with us her experiences of consciousness and the growth of awareness. And the most recent time we had her on, we discussed dreams and whether Jesus actually ever really lived or not. Now, for any of you who would want to listen back to those archives, we have them on two websites. They're actually available on three websites. Of course, the Blog Talk Radio archives under our own banner headline, the Honest to God series. But also we have them on angelrose.com, A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E.com. And we also have them on World of Empowerment. That's all one word worldofempowerment.com so if anybody wants to speak to us today you can call into the show where the telephone number is 805-292-0349 or email angelrose at angelrose.com and do watch the spelling of that it's the Irish word for angel a-i-n-g-e-a-l-r-o-s-e.com so, before we get Penny on to discuss this wonderful subject of getting well again naturally, let's mention to you that the Eight Steps to Freedom, that's our own program, is available on 8stepstofreedom.com. And that's a wonderful thing to get involved in. Really, really encourage you to go there and download it, 8stepstofreedom.com. That one is hyphenated with the number 8, 8stepstofreedom.com. Angel Rose's book, A Time of Change. Now, everybody should have that. And while some people may think that it was written specially for 2012, that is not the case. It's been written for this time, this epoch, let's call it. It's absolutely fascinating. Wonderful reviews, even though I say so myself. Get a hold of it at atimeofchange.info. And her new book, The Nature of Reality, is coming out in November, but can be pre-ordered from thenatureofreality.info. And that's all one word lumped together, the nature of reality, dot I-N-F-O. And also, our free Akashic records are online every Sunday morning. And that is tomorrow morning also at 10 a.m. Pacific time. It's free and you can register and get the full details about that on the worldofempowerment.com. And of course, you may know that all the transcripts from those Sunday morning sessions are being turned into ebooks for the Amazon Kindle. And if you simply search for either Angel Rose or myself, Ahanu, A-H-O-N-U, you'll find you can actually download those books from Amazon onto your Kindle and read them. Or indeed, if you go to worldofempowerment.com, you can actually listen live to the, or not live, listen to the recordings of those sessions. And then, Due to popular demand, Angel Rose will be teaching people how to read the Akashic Records in an exclusive one-off training that will take place in either August or September. 
But if you want to find out more about that, simply get on our mailing list at engelrose.com or worldofempowerment.com. Now, getting well again naturally from the soil to the stomach. Wow, this is going to be one hot subject here today. It's an extraordinary book that illuminates why millions of people are degenerating into ill health. When the author comes down with severe rheumatoid arthritis, she embarks on a path to heal herself and comes to discover that the food supply in first world countries has little or no nutrition in it. Most people are living on factory foods that are empty of nutrition. They don't know how to use supplements, seldom take care for powerful detox procedures and do little or no exercise. When you're suffering from a little fatigue or have a full-blown catastrophic illness, this book will teach you how to repair and rebuild your body and your life. I'm going to read a little extract from her book because the book on page 81 has an absolutely stunning statement. And really, when you read it, it kind of does put it all in perspective. She says, European missionaries carried the white man's diet around the world with them, becoming a potent wedge between people and the feeding traditions that had evolved over thousands of years. Everywhere they went, disruption of indigenous lives followed. People who depended on the continuation of their food traditions for maintenance of their high level of immunity were forced out of their sustaining routines, into schools and churches, and onto barren soils. They were fed Western foods right along with Western religions. The result was confusion, disease, psychological malaise, and death everywhere the missionaries went. Today, we don't have missionaries to contend with, we have marketing departments. A great deal of misinformation has been generated by marketing programs designed to get sales moving for a product. And once the misinformation gets out there, we build on it, creating a labyrinth of wrong turns in terms of our diet. If we do not correct these, we simply will not survive. Let's discuss that, Angelos, while we wait for Penny to come back in. I, I do know from my own upbringing that Irish missionaries, for example, went all over South Africa and the African continent in general, preaching the, the word of God, as it were, but in fact bringing Western ways and destroying cultures as they went. And while there would have brought some good, it, it seems to be very limited. What would you say about that? Well, you're kind of catching me off guard with that subject, Johanna. I don't really know what to say about that, just that we know that we've never really agreed with takeovers of any type, especially dogmatic, or bringing new cultures into established cultures, especially when you're talking about food and the supply being, you know, natural to the environment, you know, because there is that whole type of macrobiotic idea that you should eat foods that grow locally. So I can see how all of a sudden introducing all sorts of different things uh, could take its toll on a culture, but that's my own opinion about that, huh? Hi, Penny. Can you hear us? Yes, I can. Ah, great. Okay. okay. Well, let's proceed. What we've done is we've ran through a wonderful introduction, a wonderful section of your own personal biography, your, the fact that you write books, you worked with Dr. Levin, good, that kind of thing. And then we did a little introduction on your book, Getting Well Again Naturally from the Soil to the Stomach. And we... Okay. 
it was more or less really the section that's on the back of that book about what what it covers how we're have difficulty healing ourselves how yeah. you came down with rheumatoid arthritis and it set you on this path to self-healing and then a little bit about the factory foods that are empty of nutrition and then we skipped forward and read an extract from page 81 where you talk about the European missionaries carrying the white man's diet and disease, of course, with him to all those missions and how that has impacted us right down to this day. So can we take it from there, Penny, and yeah. move into, first of all, a little bit of your own health history, and I don't mean personal, but how that got you to recognizing the difficulties that we're facing today? Okay, yeah. So what I've got, or what... Um what I grew up with was a, just a very, very natural, um, you know, life in a, on a farm. And so you don't think anything special is happening when you're on a farm. In fact, you can't wait to get away. It's not exciting. There's a lot of work, et cetera. And so I, um, you know, appropriately ran from the farm thinking, you know, I can't wait to get to the city where there's something exciting going on and it was only when I was 46 and I came down with that that arthritis that I started to think back it's like oh my I have been doing everything that is necessary in order to you know get healthy I'm reading all the latest magazines I'm reading everything you know I'm doing everything they say why did this happen and I could hardly walk my back, my leg, my right leg, oh, my arms, no strength, incredible fatigue, pain, pain with your, oh. So, you know, when you, when pain comes along, that's a real wake-her-upper kind of thing. And the, the issue, whatever it is, it's got your full attention and you start to investigate and that was how I began. At the same time, we had purchased we had just purchased Lily Hill Farm within the previous five years. And the first few years, I didn't really have anything to do with the farming aspect of it. We were raising grapes for Welsh foods, you know, Welsh grape juice. And I did not pay much attention. I had too much to do. I had teenagers. Um, so I was not involved in the grape operation at all. That was up to my husband. But about the same time that I began to talk with the elves, which is a whole different book, um, I began to spend more time outside and began to talk. You know, the elves encouraged me to talk with plants, communicate with weeds, and I just thought that was the craziest thing that I'd ever heard of. And so all of that came together, that background of life on the farm, you know, raising our own food. We always raised our own food. I hated it. And I realized later my mom was not a really great cook. Um, and she wasn't imaginative. And she had a routine. And so we had the same thing every Sunday and something different but the same. Every Monday, every Tuesday was the leftovers from Sunday, you know, et cetera. So there wasn't a whole lot of variation, but it was good, solid, healthy food. Mm -hmm. And so when all of that came together, the background of raising our own food, you know, of being responsible for what we had in the cupboard, by October we were ready for winter. Yes. 
getting involved in our own vineyards and discovering that the health of the soil determined the health of the grapes, and that, and then realizing, oh, you know, that that determines what's in the food is what's going to determine my health, and realizing there was no nutrition in the food anymore, um, that you know that actually I have to credit that little aha. Uh, to Dan Carlson of Sonic Bloom fame, who had some studies done for some oranges. He was um, using Sonic Bloom on orange orchards and discovering that the oranges that had no uh, Sonic Bloom treatment also had no vitamin C. He started measuring, you know, what was the difference. And that was the seed that made me realize, oh, you know, this <laughs> And, and then there were, you know, some other things, realizing that food that was healthy didn't need refrigeration, and that's why we didn't have refrigerators up until the, you know, the 1920s. We used ice for a few yes, things. Yes, yes. And didn't so, you also realize that those grapes, in the early days, you were using a lot of pesticides and, and various other chemicals in order to keep weeds down and, and that kind of thing, and then you moved slowly towards organic? That's true. Yeah, the whole episode there with the grapes, that was just a, a huge learning curve all by itself. But in the, I'm going to say in the way back, this farm that I live on is probably uh, 130 years old at this point. And mm-hmm. it had grapes on it for most of that time. And so back in the day, uh, they did not use pesticides. Um, the grapes were healthy enough. To resist the diseases and then along came after World War II um, you know the soil was beginning to degenerate farmers um, people were eating a lot of uh, factory food a lot of food that was yes. produced in yes. such a way to make it last on the shelf mm-hmm. in order to make it last on the shelf you have to take out all the nutrition because it is the nutritional elements that spoil Right, yes. So the more people ate that food, the less, you know, the less energy they had, the more tired they were, the greater the the depth of their fatigue, and the result was that they, you know, they just got to this terrible point of, I just want life to be easier, I just want life to be, you know, a a little smoother, etc. And so we went from these farms that were totally integrated, where, you know, you had animals, the animals fed the soil, the soil fed the animals and the people, and it was a cycle. You made sure that everything went back into that soil, and therefore, you know, every, the health of the entire cycle was maintained, and all the elements in it were healthy. Mm-hmm. When we started eating factory food, there went our energy, uh, just a whole host of degenerative effects, which I describe in the book as generation one, two, three, four, and five. So do you think that degeneration was the result of money? Was it money-driven? Yeah, in an indirect way, yes. Some of it was money-driven. A lot of it, you know, is politically driven. The After World War II, the huge, there were huge factories full of chemicals that the factory owners had purchased in order to build bombs. Well, they didn't know what to do with it, and right about that time, somebody came up with, maybe we could convert these 
you know, we seem to be having difficulties. Uh, pesticide was tested in the soil with soil diseases. It was minor back then compared to what it is today. Today we have whole fields that won't grow anything except mold. So, oh you know, the difficulty back then um, was really minor. And so they said, oh, we can boost production. We can end, you know, the problem of pests totally. Um, misunderstanding the role of the pest. The bug that eats your crop is not going to touch that crop if it's healthy because when that plant is healthy, it gives off a signal. It has a field of frequencies around it. If that frequency is the right healthy frequency, the bug won't even be able to find it. And if the bug takes a bite of that plant, the plant will have produced enough plant sugars to enter that bug's digestive system and create these huge cramps and spasms. The sugar content in the plant causes spasming and um, severe diarrhea in the bug. The bug falls off the plant, falls into the soil, and dies. So, you know, one... You know, bugs use, they have an antenna that they use to find the plants that are off frequency. Mm-hmm. And that is really the key piece. Mm-hmm. That is something that, um, you know, hardly anybody understands and certainly no one is paying attention to. So bugs, so, so bugs are really, their job really is to be eating, like, diseased plants or, or low frequency. Right. Oh, I see. Okay. They are nature's garbage collectors. So anything that is considered, quote, garbage, that doesn't maintain peak efficiency, it's just like a mother cat or dog or cow that gives birth to a substandard critter will sit on that critter and kill it because that's their way of making sure that the highest standards are maintained. And the bug does the same thing. And there are safeguards. You can mix unhealthy plant leaves and arms and branches in with healthy plants, and the bugs won't touch the healthy ones. So what does that say for the human race, Penny? Because a lot of us are mutants. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes. We are succumbing to worse and worse kinds of difficulties. Um, You know, in, in the 19... At the turn of the century, 1900s, there was an amazing level of immunity in people. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't see that kind of immunity at all anymore. And when right. I say immunity, mm-hmm. most people think, you know, they're not going to catch cold and that sort of thing. But I'm not talking about that kind of immunity. I'm talking about the ability to withstand heat and cold as if it doesn't even if there's been no change in the external temperature um, with, without getting sick. I'm yeah. talking about the ability to work 16, 18 hours a day if necessary or trek that amount of time if you're on the move without fatigue. I'm mm-hmm. talking about the ability to digest without uh, difficulties and, and to take in nutrition at a tremendous uh, level that we don't see now. People, you give people really good food, and what happens? They get sick. <laughs> they get sick because the body is says, woohoo, we have good food here. 
Let's get rid of old cells that are poorly built and build new. And so there's this huge die-off of old cells that willingly let go or that the body kills off as substandard. Mm-hmm. Um, or, now we come back around to your question about the degeneration, the cells that have been so poorly built that the body cannot allow them to exist because they are substandard, mm-hmm. now that's what you get, that's the source of the immune system Um you know, problems that are everywhere. And is that what cancer is and various other diseases like that? Yes, yes. Arthritis, cancer, diabetes, oh my gosh. You know, ear, nose and throat difficulties, allergies, asthmas, oh my gosh. It's just a ton of things that have gone wrong with the human body. And the body is not built like it used to be built. We are very, very fragile. Yes. Very fragile. So back in the day when I was young, of course, everything back then was canned, you know, canned peas, canned soup, uh, formula started to come into popularity, all sorts of uh, things like that. And certainly, you know, our parents really just didn't know any better, but we didn't grow any of our own food. Everything was, this was the modern way, you know, you throw a can of canned peas in the pot and heat them up. And uh, so that whole idea, really, of having live enzymes and live food really went out the window back then. I was born in 1953 and, you know, certainly was raised on, you know, Campbell's soup was a big deal and Oreo cookies and, you know, Wonder Bread, getting Wonder Bread in school and these little mini loaves. What fun. (laughs) I know. That is so true. I remember all of that. And I was thrilled when... We could actually go to the store and buy something that we could come home and just open the can, put it in the pan, heat it up, <laughs> and know. eat it. I know. That was such a thrill because for <laughs> us, everything was about, you know, you killed your own beef, you your own chickens. You, there was a lot of work involved in it. Um, and so you were always thinking ahead, sometimes weeks or months ahead. To what's ready, uh, what's in season, etc. I was just thinking about that yesterday when I was out picking my blueberries. Mm-hmm. You know, I still grow a huge amount of my own food. Mm-hmm. And people say to me, wow, you know, why aren't you getting old? <laughs> and I think what they mean is, why aren't you falling apart? <laughs> I don't know what I went through when I was 46. Yes. But, you know, there's just this huge change. Oops, we're having a little dog action here. Huh. Well, uh, sorry about that. That's <laughs> so okay. there's this, this huge change, and now, you know, I think we're slowly, um, since I wrote From the Soil to the Stomach, which was my first book on health, um, and then revised it, retitled it to Getting Well Again Naturally, um, there's been a huge amount of, I'm going to say, knowledge gained, or people are waking up slowly, that they, they're beginning to connect the fact that they are... Um, you know, have had some sort of, of problem with the fact that maybe there's something to do with their diet. <laughs> well, help help um, me understand this, Penny. We, we went visited a Chinese doctor a couple of days ago, and his shelves were completely, totally chock-a-block full of every conceivable herb imaginable, all labelled yep. with his wonderful 
kanji characters. It was really a, a picture. It's like almost like a throwback to some old spy movie of, you know, back in Hong Kong or Beijing. And it was an absolutely marvelous atmosphere. But here's the thing. It, they were all natural herbs. They were all grown in the soil and they were dried. And the thing is that his solution for anything in the body, mind, spirit complex was that nature had the answer. Is that effectively what you're saying, that we are what we eat and to solve any physical ailment, resort back to pure food? Is that really summing up your entire uh, thesis on, in this book? In a way, yes. Um, there are two things that I think we are moving toward now. One is a greater understanding of the uh, critical importance of that connection to the earth, to the soil, and the other is an understanding of energies. A minute ago, I mentioned that plants have a field of frequency around them. That frequency is carried in every part of the plant. So if you get a leaf or a root or a berry or whatever, whatever it is, it's going to have that frequency intensified in it. You then eat that plant. And what happens is that the frequencies associated with that plant move through your system. And because in the body-mind system, not only do opposites attract, but likes attract. It's a, it's a dual system. So what you have is as this frequency is moving through your system, it is correcting all of the places where you have gotten out of tune in your cellular system. The cells all, every single cell has a north pole and a south pole, and the north pole is oriented toward the information flow of frequencies moving through the body. So when you get a disease, what happens is that the cell gets disoriented. The North Pole is not pointing in the direction that it needs to be pointing in, and the result is that that cell cannot pick up and process and utilize the information that is flowing through the system. So now you get what we call a rogue cell. It doesn't respond. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do. It's not, you know, behaving normally. And the result is disease. We call it disease. So when you eat food, what you do is pull all of those frequencies that are you know, out of alignment, kind of back into alignment. And the sexual response completes that. Very many people do not know about sex. So when a sexual event happens in the body, it reorients all of the cells. So now if you have, <laughs> this is going to sound quaint, yeah. good food and good sex, what you have is a healthy functioning system in which all of the um the cells are pointing in the right direction. They're able to pick up the frequencies that are moving through. They're drawn to those frequencies that are similar to themselves. And if they're out of tune a little bit, they get corrected, sort of like a piano tuner comes and tunes your piano so that it sounds good again. Mm. And we have, as a result, a healthy body. So let me let me ask you, Penny, because you're making me think of 
Lots of questions, and I really don't want to get too far off the topic because I do want to get into how we can help our listeners. But you're making me think of two things. You know, number one, what's happened then with the fact that the, you know, when you talk about your cells being oriented north, you know, we do know that north has changed its position on the planet. You know, I think the most recent thing was that it's moved 161 miles okay, from where it used to be. So I, question one is, how does that affect the body? And number two, then what is the effect of eating meat in that process that you just described? Okay, uh, a couple of things. Let me correct the statement about uh, North and South Pole. Okay. Um, that, is the, that is a conceptual thing. I'm not sure that that's exactly true North or magnetic North. It's just that the cells have a what are called a north and south pole and maybe they are oriented exactly north we aren't really sure but you can um what what i always teach is that those cells are supposed to be oriented in a particular direction toward the information that is coming through the chakra system the chakra system pulls information energy through it and out to the cells Okay, the cells have to be tuned in, and they have to be pointing in the right direction. It's just like an antenna system. Mm -hmm. If you don't have your antenna in the right direction, you're going to get all kinds of static and trouble. So it may not be exactly true north. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that when you eat meat, um, if you are, this is a complex subject. Let me sort of bring it down to just a couple statements that, you know, might be difficult to deal with. <laughs> um, you know, there are some people who need meat because it has a certain amount of protein in it and a certain kind of protein, and they need that for health reasons, okay? Their DNA has evolved to the point, or maybe we should say devolved to the point where they have to have meat. Okay, having said that, let me say that I don't think that meat is 100% necessary in, in a lot of cases. I think that as we increase our frequencies and our general overall uh, frequency set within the body, we are going to move past meat. Having said that, there comes a point when you just do not want to eat your friends. Um, you know, the, the, uh, eating meat is really one step above eating your kids. <laughs> and people did used to eat their children. Okay, that was, and child sacrifice was very prevalent um, tens of thousands of years ago. And, you know, in some of the cultures, not all of them. So there's, um, you know, there's this really intense kind of, of um, spiritual awakening that needs to happen to move us up far enough to where we don't need meat. If we don't make that leap, if we don't do that kind of of leap, then, you know, what can I say? We're going to continue to eat meat and the relationship with animals will not be repaired. Um, You have to look at, right now we have a system that's working more or less, mostly less, but it's working, where everything kind of fits together in terms of a food paradigm. 
and that and our bodies have adjusted to that food paradigm. If you change the paradigm, the food paradigm, the bodies will change also. You have to be smart enough and you have to be evolved enough to make that shift without doing yourself in. And a lot of people try to make that shift and they do themselves in, really, literally. I had been vegan for about 10 years when I got severe rheumatoid arthritis. And part of the reason, the major reason, was because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't really understand the nutritional factors that I needed in my body-mind system. So, okay, so, well, that's a, a really good lead-in then because, you know, I would like to discuss, I mean, your very first chapter in your book is called Healing is a Way of Life, and yeah. that's a powerful statement. So can you begin there, Penny, with us then, and then take us through how you healed yourself of rheumatoid arthritis and, you know, you know, yeah. you know the program. Okay. <laughs> Okay, yeah, um, I think, you know, one of the things that people do is try to heal themselves by doing something, but it's not a set, it's not an integrated set, and they're still doing all the other things that aren't working, so um, that's really the basis of the statement, healing is a way of life. I was, you know, doing everything I thought was right. You know, I wasn't eating meat, I wasn't drinking milk, I wasn't doing a lot of things, but I wasn't eating well, and I and I was gaining weight, you know, I had gone up to a size 12, I felt like a horse or a cow some days, um, all sorts of little issues, my hair, um, you know, just got really blah, my eyes, I had always worn glasses. I had tucked myself into glasses when I was 12. And, um, you know, and so now I was wearing contact lenses. And all of a sudden, I couldn't wear those darn things because my eyes were so dry. Um, the contacts, I had to peel them out every night. Oh and those were the first little signs. When your hair goes bad and you're... Um, and it started to thin out. It was always this thick, curly bush. Um, and your eyes get dry or you're, you have difficulty swallowing your food because it feels like it's too dry. That's a, a red flag right there, that degeneration is beginning. So my particular degeneration led to rheumatoid arthritis in which I couldn't sit, couldn't sit down, couldn't stand, couldn't bend, couldn't do anything because of my back. And, you know, and it wasn't until I got to that point that I finally decided I needed to go see the doctor. The, you know, the result of that was pills. I discovered later that the pills um, were designed to kill the pain, but they made the arthritis worse because that particular... Um, potion or pharmaceutical cause the um, joint capsules in the body to degenerate and dry out. Wow. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no. So I flushed them down the toilet. Good for um, you. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, said a few choice things to that doctor in a <laughs> And then set about healing myself. And it was a long process. It was a very long process. Um, it took a couple, three or four years. 
um, I, you know, I ended up discovering that I had to go back to real food. I had to go back to exercise. I had to go back to some sort of stress relief, mm-hmm. meditation, or just sitting outside with a cup of tea uh, or something, um, but I needed to do something, and that I had to follow my path. You can do all the right things, but if you're not following your own path, there's this intense inner level of stress that will not go away. And so, you know, the big issue for everybody is, how do I make a living doing that? Because that always is something that appears to be weird or uh, not as um, lucrative as what they have been doing, et cetera, et cetera. And so I had been piddling with my writing and my my teaching, et cetera, and all of a sudden I had to get really serious about that. I knew that I was here to do that kind of work. Mm-hmm. Penny, so, just hold that thought just for a moment. We, we want to take a quick little studio sure. break here, and we'll be right back after this. Okay. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. The Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Okay, so Penny, I want to diverge just a second because you mentioned that health has a lot to do with finding your own path. And I know uh, it's probably one of the major questions that people always ask is how do they find their purpose or how do they find their path? So could you give anybody uh, any advice on that? I mean, because people don't seem to know uh, how to find their own their own way. Oh, that's true. Oh, my. I think um, there's a couple of things that I could say. One is the thing that you would do, that you love to do, and that you would do just because you love to do it, is almost always your path. So, you know, that's where the issue comes up, but that doesn't make any money. Well, yes, in the, today's paradigm, in today's world, um, you know, we have all been trapped, caught up, willingly stepped into a paradigm in which everything has to be paid for with money. We didn't used to have to buy land. We didn't used to have to buy water. We didn't used to have to buy medicines and pharmaceuticals. We didn't use to pay doctors. We didn't use to run off to sit in a chair at work and play with computers all day. There were there are a lot of things we didn't use to do. Um, if you go back far enough, uh, we had an entirely different kind of lifestyle. And the powers that be, or maybe just the you know the direction that we got going, have made that old way of life. Uh, they call that subsistence. And they, you know, you can hear a sort of denigrating tone in newscasters and people who talk about um, people who still live from the land. And in my experience, people who live from the land are the sanest and the healthiest and the most secure at all the levels 
of everybody on the planet. They are not dependent on making a paycheck. They go out and they make whatever it is they need. So, you know, so people have bought into this idea that the financial system is king, and it's I see it as very similar to the way things were in the 1400s, just before the Reformation started in Europe, or the Enlightenment started, um, and Martin Luther said to the church, hey, you are not the be-all and the end-all, um, and furthermore, we think you're corrupt. And yeah. put that, you know, that notice on the door, and everything started to change. So we're at that same point now, and um, and and here's here's the thing that I think is I just gotta I've got to say this I have to say this. There's we're facing um, the collapse of our financial system, and if that occurs, then you know what I want to plant the seed in people's mind. Uh, is to go out and do that thing that you love to do because, you know, if you wanted to make shoes or if you wanted to make purses or if you wanted to grow food or if you wanted to tinker with engines or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, or, or write new software. I mean, I don't want to make computers. I don't want to make anything that we've got bad because it's all wonderful. But some of it is out of balance. And so, you know, if our system collapses, then by gosh, you know, give your gift. Figure out a way to give your gift because that is going to be your way to make a living without that economic system being there. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so in know, a way, it could be a good thing. Yes, yes. In terms of purpose, in terms of what's important, definitely. We took a turn years and years ago, uh, decades ago. Um, in which we decided to go with chemicals instead of stay with nature. Chemicals come from nature, but they are sort of a distortion of mm-hmm. that nature. Yeah. And and we've caused a tremendous amount of destruction because of it. Mm-hmm. So right. I think, you know, health really, really comes down to having the whole life in balance, and mm-hmm. that's the bottom line. Right. All right, so... Going from that then, your next chapter is called The Basics of Healing. So let's, because I, you know, I know we're already past halfway in the show and we're going to have to continue this subject because there's so much to it. But let's just start with the basics. What's, what are some of the things you can tell people right now? I think probably the first thing, if you want to heal yourself, you have to be able to think in terms of all of the elements and the main elements. Um, are you have to understand how to use food and the medicinal properties of food and the effects of food. Okay, that's a major thing. You have to get clean water and you have to get good air. If you live in some place where the water is polluted, it doesn't matter what else you do. You're still going to go down. Same with the air. Supplements. You have to, if if you can't get real food, and even if you can get real food, you often can't eat enough of it to get enough nutritional frequencies in the body to be able to create the change you're after. So you have to supplement the food with vitamins, minerals, 
amino acids, I probably should say this in order, but most important is amino acids. The amino acids allow you to utilize minerals. The minerals allow you to utilize vitamins. The vitamins and minerals and aminos allow you to produce enzymes. So those are the critical pieces. Um, glandulars and enzymes. Glandulars are sometimes called hormones, um, but all, you know, people don't really understand that. So in order to get away from hormones and the limitations of the word hormones, I just use the word glandulars. So those, those are your first few things. Food and water and good air and supplements. And then, um, you have to know how to do detox. You have to be able to utilize detox procedures and clean out the body because when you start trying to rebuild, literally parts of you are going to die. That old tissue is extremely poisonous. You have to be able to shovel that stuff out in a very short order and, in, and keep yourself clean and keep yourself with the right pH. You have to do exercise. You know, if you don't exercise, it's like the water thing. It doesn't matter. You're not going to get better. Um, but the body is a use-it-or-lose-it affair, and it's designed for constant movement. So that's important. Physical labor, so wonderful. Oh, my gosh. And it's got a bad name, you know. Uh, physical labor, oh, you're doing physical labor. Oh, don't you have any college? <laughs> you know, that's the <laughs> attitude that most people have. Um, and then you need some psychological and spiritual support because there will be times when you'll have questions, there will be times when you are terrified, there will be times when you just need somebody to say, don't you dare quit, you mm -hmm. keep going, mm -hmm. I love you, I need you, I want you, I blah, blah, blah. So you need some kind of psychological and spiritual support. And then you have to, and this may be just right up there with all the rest of them, you have to rearrange your life and your home in order to um, be able to have, in order to lead a healing lifestyle. Mm -hmm. When I started, um, I, and this, actually I run into a lot of people who are in this boat today, um, their kitchen consists of a coffee maker, a microwave, a toaster oven, and a sink, and then a refrigerator. Mm -hmm. And that's it. They don't have juicers, they don't have graters, they don't have slicers, they don't have knives, they don't have ovens, they don't have dehydrators, they don't have any of the equipment that they need. And, and so you have to revamp your kitchen. Put the microwave in the trash, don't use it again because the microwave completely destroys the frequency of the food that is supposed to keep you healthy. Mm -hmm. So I tell people, don't use it. Don't use it even to heat up your coffee. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you want to keep it there because it, it's also an oven, that's, you know, fine. Just don't use the microwave part of it. So those are the elements. Um, food, water, um, clean air, having supplements, doing detox on a regular basis, one detox procedure every month, exercise on a regular basis, Three to five times a week is a minimum, um, but that's a lot. 
and some kind of support system and the courage to rearrange your house. Sometimes you have to redo your bathroom a little bit um, because there are a whole bunch of, of detox routines that put you in the bathroom. And so the bathroom should become the healing center kind of along with the kitchen. Um, and when all that is in place, then you have the means to keep yourself healthy and to do what you need to do in order to get healthy if you should slip a little. Hmm. Okay, so when you, okay, first of all, I do have to ask you this with the clean air element. You know, do you think we have any clean air with the chemtrail spraying and all that stuff that's going on in the atmosphere, first of all? Because, you know, obviously we live in uh, California where there's major pollution, but I'm thinking even if we were to move somewhere else, is there any clean air? That's number one. And and number two, you know, how do you how do you go about finding out about amino acids? Because I don't really know anything about them myself. Okay. Well, to answer the question about air, yeah, the air thing, uh, there is not a lot of clean air. However, there are air purifiers that you can buy, and they do a pretty good job. There is, and I wish, you know, I don't have the name. Uh, there's a fellow who, um, he's gone now. Uh, he passed over, but he created this gadget that is, I think it's being sold out of Colorado. I can't even remember the name of it. I'd have to look it up. But it purifies the air um, in an entire neighborhood. And it's wow. a little sort of a spirally kind of thing. It looks like it's made of copper. Um, we tested it in the lab, and it was pretty amazing. And he did some amazing things uh, to clean up the pollution, I think, in Colorado Springs. Um, and maybe some of the callers might be able to call in and say, here's what, here's the name of the guy and, the, and his um, gadget. But there are things that do purify air. And I think we have to begin thinking in terms of, um, you know, altering our personal environment and then moving out from there. <laughs> so that's an option. Okay, okay. amino yeah. acids, very easy. You just go to the health food store and you look on the shelf and you find something that says amino acids and you look at the formula. It should have a minimum of 23 amino acids, including the nine essentials. Essentials are things that the body does not produce. But there's a set of 29 amino acids that the body simply must have. And most people are not getting those. And uh, you just start one a day, take it in the morning on an empty stomach because if there's food with it, the body tends to ignore the aminos and goes to work on the food because the food is such an assault on the system. Food is literally, in order to get a few frequencies, we generate a huge amount of waste. Thank God for colons, um, you know, and for bladders and for sweat glands and things like that. Um, so we end up with, uh, you know, the, this uh, system that has to process a tremendous amount of material in order to get a few frequencies. Mm -hmm. so, and minerals, what kind of minerals are essential? Um, well, there's um, some basic minerals, okay? The six, they're called the six majors, um, and those are calcium, and magnesium, they work together. They work in opposition to one another. 
That is very important, so they have to be in balance. The calcium is uh, a relaxer. It's a, it allows your heart to pump. Um, does just a ton of things. And then the um, the magnesium. Magnesium is called the, um, the mineral of uh, personality, the mineral of touch. If you're low on magnesium, typically you don't want to be touched. You don't want to be touched even with the frequencies of sound or light. So... Um, you know, those, kind of those are pretty important. Mm. The next two are sodium and potassium. Most people have too much sodium, not enough potassium. And the next two are iron and zinc. And they also work in opposition to one another. Um, they need one another to operate. And they, um, when I say they work in opposition, I mean they balance one another. So you won't heal without zinc. You won't have any energy without iron. Um, without potassium, you won't have any clarity in terms of your mental processes. And without sodium, there's not going to be hardly any chemical transactions that take place in the body. So, so Penny, you could you to... could you get those through the homeopathic cell salts? Um, yeah, you probably could, but I. You know, I tell people just get a very good multiple mineral, multiple vitamin capsule okay. and take it. Um, if you're in a healing mode, you might have to take four a day. If you're in um, maintenance mode, um, one or two will probably be enough if you're eating well. If you're eating crap, then you need to be um, taking two a day. Now, what about the... Um liquid minerals that you find sometimes. Those are excellent. Those are excellent. Most of those are very good. Okay, so then we went from amino acids to minerals to what was next? Vitamins, did you say? Vitamins, Vit yeah. Okay. You need a whole range of vitamins. And most vitamin capsules have everything, you know, have, have what you need. Um, I'll say this about the recommended daily allowance. It is barely enough to keep people alive. It is the basic amount that you need, and if you get below that floor, that minimum, then you're going to end up with disease or dysfunction. Hmm. Rule of thumb, when you put something in you, you're only going to absorb half of the nutrition that is available at that moment. Hmm. So if you're taking, you know, like the recommended, for instance, the recommended daily allowance for vitamin C is 60 milligrams a day. If you're only getting 60 milligrams a day, you're going to have bruising. You're, I mean, and, and let's say you're only taking that 60 milligrams once a day. And so for a few minutes, you're going to have access to 30 milligrams because you're only going to absorb half of what's there. And, you know, what you end up with is leaky gut, um, joint capsules that leak all of their fluids, their synovial fluids, and that you end up with arthritis, capillaries and our, our, um, your arteries and veins uh, that are very thin and weak and they bleed. Um, you have strokes, you have bruises, you just bump, you know, your skin a little bit, you'll have a terrible bruise because capillaries break. You need a good, if you have arthritis, 
4,000 milligrams of vitamin C per day just to keep your, your, just to do the repair and, um, and, you know, and keep the, the joints from bleeding, which is what causes all the pain mm-hmm. and tremendous scar tissue as well. Penny, you, you, I know you do have a learning center up there in Michigan. Aside yeah. from the book that you have, Getting Well Again Naturally, can can people contact you to do some kind of training in this or, or a course of some kind in this? Yeah, I have a course um, that's called Getting Well Again Naturally. And, it, and you know, it's a, a course in which people come out of it with a healing program for themselves, designed specifically for them. And is it a residential? It, there, Do people have to attend or is it online? I'm, I'm just getting ready to put it online. In fact, I think the last time we talked, I said, oh, I'm putting my courses online. I was so excited. That's I did right. not realize that the software for um, doing that was much more complicated than I thought it was going to be. So I'm working on that, and I don't have a date yet, but um, yeah. I'm much closer than I was. So well, there are some we're going to start in September. There are some free solutions for that. So if you want to contact us off the air, we'll be able to help you with that. But Angel Rose has a question about the nutrition. Just a second. Okay. Yeah, Penny, I don't know if you know, but uh, Ahanu is computer genius extraordinaire. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so can you recommend a good multivitamin and what kind of doses are we looking at? Um. Well, all of the... Well, here's, okay, so now I've said some general things. So now let's get down into the importance of needing to understand what the various things do in the body, okay? If you're taking, if you have breast cancer, for instance, you do not want to take the standard 1,500 to 2,000 milligrams of of calcium per day because calcium if you're, if you're putting that much in, what happens is that a certain amount of that is not going to be utilized. You're only going to absorb half of it. And the rest of it that you don't utilize is going to become estrogen-like in its function, which um, makes the breast cancer worse. Mm-hmm. So you have to cut back on that and increase your magnesium. If you, uh, if you have a cancer that is acid-based, then you want to be taking the um, things that soft cancer is a hardening, it's a sclerotic kind of thing usually. Um, so there's always exceptions, always. So um, I hate to give advice over the air, but I'll say this much. If you are uh, having breast cancer, you need to generally be taking a lot of magnesium. Ditto for ovarian, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, ditto for arthritis. There's a lot of degenerative stuff that is based on the body being too acid. Mm-hmm. If yes. you are one of the rare people who has a um, an alkaline-based cancer because your body has been way out of whack to alkaline, then you need to be taking a lot of calcium, eating a lot of meat, drinking a lot of milk and cheese in order to acidify yourself. So you have to get a blood test. You can just go to the doctor and say, hey, 
I want you to do a full chemical scan blood test. And in that test, and, and give me the results, there will be a um, an indicator of what your blood alkalinity or acidity is. And then you just correct from there. And what so should it be? Should it be it, neutral? Uh, no, it, w it shouldn't be neutral or there wouldn't be any chemical reactions going on in the body. Mm -hmm. But you want to be right about 6.8 and not much lower than that. You get down, like I was down around 5.1 when I discovered, you know, when I went to get tested. Um, I was just, was like, oh, wow, um, that's pretty low. <laughs> mm. um, so what happens when you're too acid is that all of the cells in your body are made of fat, and those cell walls harden and become like this incredibly um, tough barrier that won't move, it won't open, won't close, and no nutrition gets in and no waste gets out. Yes. And so then you have the beginnings of whatever, you know, whatever your family weak spot is. Um, I've had people change their diet and become schizophrenic. I've had people, um, you know, and they come to me trying to go back to the diet that they had in order to eliminate the schizophrenia. Yes. And, um, you know, it's very hard to do that kind of thing. Well, I've had people get rid of cancer in three days, cancer of the eye, cancer of the uterus, um, just by doing the purge, which alkalinizes, severely alkalinizes. Yes. So, and what about cataracts in the eyes? Is that is that a nutrition thing also? Yeah, that is. Um, typically, that's a hardening of the cornea um, and the tissues in and around the eye. You need uh, a purge, number one, and you need big doses of vitamin A and vitamin E and vitamin D and all of the necessary fats. That's omega-3 and 6 um, and then the fish oils and then the saturated fats, and that you get the saturated fats in the form of organic bacon, butter, um, let's see, with cream, um, those kinds of things. We had an entire two decades of fat-free everything, and that has been a disaster mm -hmm. for yes. people, for the brain. So, and so none of the healing vitamins, which are A, D, E, and K, none of those work without all of the fats being in plentiful supply. And is it so, a good thing that companies would fortify their products with these vitamins? Do you think that's a good thing? Uh, um, there's some good and there's some bad in that. I don't want to say that it's all bad. However, if you are, um, if, if you're not paying attention to your own system, your own dietary system and what your intake is, um, you can be eating something that, is, like for instance, there's calcium in everything nowadays. If you have an overload of calcium and a shortage of magnesium, you're setting yourself up to have cancer um, in a heartbeat. And, and that is something I won't touch those foods that have vitamins added. I don't eat much off the shelf. Um, you know, I tend to do what little bit of shopping I do at a health food store. Mm -hmm. That has everything. And I have, because of my years on the farm, I have this innate knowing 
of how to recognize a healthy food yes. and what is not healthy. So now, tell us what that is. What, what, is the, what can a person do who's a city dweller and has no access at all to farms or, or green, greenery of any kind? What, what can yeah. that person do? I, I would suggest two things. One is get a big pot, a couple of big pots, uh, put some dirt in them, you know, some good soil, and begin to experiment with growing stuff just because you need to be connected to the soil. And the second thing, and you can grow anything, tomatoes, herbs, peppers, you can even grow corn on a cob. Um, so, that, you know, start growing something. Just useless, well, I shouldn't say use, useless, instead of houseplants that don't feed you, um, you know, grow something that does feed you. The second thing is get yourself a personal farmer. Find somebody or get into a network of people who are uh, producing food. So, for instance, when I was first starting, before I went back to growing all of my own food, um, I had, you know, some farmers, some strawberry farmers just a little bit north of here, some blueberry farmers a little bit east of here, um, my own grapes, I planted my own grapes separate from my big vineyards. Um, you know, I went to organic uh, meats, very small amounts of organic meats. I don't need much meat, maybe once or twice a week. I started, you know, producing, I got my cows pregnant so that they would produce milk. I started milking. People just couldn't believe the difference in real milk and butter um, and eggs, you know. So find, either get yourself a personal farmer who's doing a lot of that kind of stuff or get into an, a network of people. There's little networks forming around all the cities. Chicago has a big one. Um, I think it's called the Angel Angel Network or Angel Food. <laughs> I'm not sure it's Angel Food. People might think we're talking about cake. But, um, <laughs> you know, there's in, in the Kalamazoo area where I'm, you know, 25 miles outside of Kalamazoo, but there's a little group called um, Eat Local Kalamazoo. Uh, there's some of those, you know, I've talked to people all over the place. They're forming around... Um, you know, community gardeners in Austin, Texas, in um, Washington, D.C., in Ohio, in, you know, all sorts of places. Yeah. Now, here's a question, uh, and, and it's based on an experience we had several times, but particularly yesterday we were in a farmer's market and we were looking at the various produce and the uh, corn was one item where I asked the, the vendor, is this is this um, genetically modified corn? And the guy looked at me as if I had ten heads. He, he actually didn't know what I was talking about. And really, he didn't want really, to tell us. yeah, really, what my question is, you know, is the farmer aware at at the sowing level, at the purchase of the seed level, is the farmer aware that they may be buying genetically modified seeds or not? Well, um. I'm not sure about all farmers, but for God's sakes, I am. I know the kinds of of uh, corn, the brand, what do you call it, brands, the breeds, the whatever, that are, um, you know, that are have been genetically modified or that have been modified in such a way that there's no nutrition left mm -hmm. in it. Yes. Okay, so let me just give, for instance, 
um, when I went, I went to the store, um, and all oh, this was probably two weeks ago, and I saw this beautiful cantaloupe sitting on a shelf, and I thought, oh, that looks really good. And so I looked at it, and I thought, um, you know, I, I never heard of this before, because they all have these little um, stickers on them that say what kind of cantaloupe it is. So I took it home. I bought it. I brought it home. It was called Sugar Kiss. Guaranteed to be sweet. <laughs> I thought, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I cut it open. The instant I cut it open, I could tell by looking at it that it was genetically modified. Because the um, flesh, the orange flesh, was pale. It was kind of translucent. Mm. It didn't have the either the texture or the body, and I thought, well, let's taste it. I took a bite, and it was, I might as well have dipped my spoon into the sugar bowl. And I put the spoon down, and I thought, sweetheart, you have been genetically modified to be sweet, and that's it. Nothing else. The paleness of the flesh indicated that there was hardly any vitamin A or beta carotene in it. Beta carotene and vitamin A are yellow, and orange. So the, the color is a major thing. The smell, you know, I couldn't get any smell from this melon and that made mm-hmm. me suspicious. But mm-hmm. I thought, well, let me, let me just try it. So, you know, those are the kinds of things that have been happening. Corn, you know, was, I forget some of the varieties of corn that um, I bought. I grew them. I put them on the table. I could eat six to eight pieces of corn and not be full. When you eat real corn that has not been genetically modified, and it's old, what we call the old starch-based corn, then you can eat one or two and you are full. Well, that's interesting because the same market, Hannah was talking to you about, about the corn, um, I personally thought the guy knew whether they were genetically modified. He just didn't want to tell me. So I did <laughs> I did pick up an ear and I smelled it and it had no smell. Oh. And I put it I put it right down. I thought this has no smell. So yeah. I don't think so. Just ask what the variety is and begin to make a little you know, little list of varieties of, you know, tomatoes that are either genetically modified or they're hybrids that are designed to um, not produce seed. And then, you know, get your seeds, if you're going to grow anything, get your seeds from either Seeds of Change in Arizona or the Seed Savers Exchange in Decorah, Iowa. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are fabulous places. Or other farmers that you know. Um, I have a huge seed operation that I do here. I I not only grow my own food, but I save seeds from quite a few of them and plant them the next year. So right. I um, I know, you know, what's in my beans and my corn and my, my whatever. <laughs> right. This has been absolutely incredible. And, um, of course, you know, Penny, like I always tell you, every time I talk to you, I want to get in the car and go to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days you're going to be here. <laughs> so I, I will, you know, I would love to just come and take the whole food program because, you know, I have I have my own uh, health concerns that I'm really trying to. Everybody does. 
yeah, trying to yeah. fix here. And um, I can see the degenerative uh, process, you know. Again, you know, back in the day, it was, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken and, uh, you know, yep. McDonald's and all sorts of stuff that we thought was so fantastic, you know, that we right. ate for years and years, and now we're trying to reverse it all. But, okay, so can you just recommend a good multivitamin? Oh, um, let's see. Well, one of the vitamins that is fairly good, which was, um, I thought was kind of surprising, was by Solar Ray, which is available to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's called, um, Vitamin or Minvite. I'm not sure which, um, but it's a multiple mineral, multiple vitamin, and it's pretty darn good. Okay. Um, another one, if, if the difficulty with that particular formula, is that the pill is big and it's hard to swallow. Uh -huh. If you are someone who doesn't do well with right. pill mm -hmm. kinds of things, then I would highly recommend um, getting online and going to Nutritech, I think is the name of the company. You, what you want is a vitamin powder that you mix with orange juice, which is really pretty tasty. Okay. It's called All One, A-L-L hyphen O-N-E. Okay. And I tell people get the active seniors formula because it's got the most stuff in it. Penny, you're great at recommending other people's products and services and so on, but please give out how people can contact you and how they can find out about your nutrition program and your books and so on. Um, okay. Well, you can always call me here at the in the office, 269-624-6022. Um, and I'm in the phone book, you know, somebody could find me in Lawton, Michigan. Um, online, it's pennykelly.com. And, um, you know, if, if I'm teaching something or I'm setting something up, um, it'll be online and under the classes page. And um, you can always write, you know, um, that would work too. And uh, email is penny at pennykelly.com. Great. Okay. PennyKelly.com. And if one was to search for Penny Kelly, they will find you very, very easily. Yes. Now, in yes. the book that you that we've been discussing today, uh, Getting Well Again Naturally, does that have a, f a program that people can follow? Is, is there nutritional yes. guidance and information? Yes. So th that yeah. in itself is a self-contained little primer. Yeah, it is. I wanted people to have an idea of um, what do you do, you know, what are some of the major techniques? Here's the thing that I, this is one thing that I really wanted people to understand. Um, the body, everybody's body responds to certain things. The main thing that you need to do is nurture and support the body and the immune system. And the body does the work. The body does the healing. If you know how to support that body, it's probably going to get well. So what I have in the book are a whole bunch of sample programs. You know, if you have headaches, if you have arthritis, if you have um, cancer, you know, if you've got, oh, I don't know what all is in there, um, you know, everything from colds and earaches, et cetera, you know, sinus infections and so on to some of the more serious things. Um, you know, there's an example of how to put a healing program together, a complete healing program. And maybe you don't need, you know, the whole thing, everything in that program. 
Um, but, you know, something close to that would be maybe necessary. How to deal with infections, how to deal with depression, um, you know, eye problems, uh, all sorts of PMS, you name it. Wow. And that gives people a basic idea of how to put some of the stuff, the programs together. You have to design a healing program, you know, for yourself. You have to be able to do that. Well, that's excellent. I was going to ask you by way of drawing this to a close, how, you know, what kind of a summary you, you'd offer to people. And that you've, you've said it so eloquently there. So let me just run quickly back over what we've covered today. We we went through very briefly the history of food production from the, the times of the missionaries right up to the present day and how all that p poor nutrition is now in the produced foods and how mass producing food is a major cause of diseases. And you talked about the various signs of diseases, about eating meat. You even mentioned about in the past in some cultures they were eating children. <laughs> I was amused yeah. at that. You talked about. I'll find it amusing. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about the. You could have been one of those children. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about how good food leads to spiritual awakening and that healing is a way of life and the importance of removing stress in our lives and exercise, the importance of meditation and following your path, your, like your soul contract, how all that leads to good health. And then we touched on the fact that we're facing the collapse of the financial system and the alternatives to that. And you spoke about healing yourself with food and the importance of clean water and air. And then by way of a, a list, how important the amino acids are to our bodies, minerals, vitamins, enzymes, and so on. And then you mentioned about a detox, the importance of doing a regular detox. You made a statement yet, that but... the body is designed for a kind of use it or lose it philosophy. And I thought that was absolutely wonderful too. That's great encouragement. And you spoke about your philosophy of don't quit, how that is very, very encouraging for people and how it's important to rearrange your life and your kitchen and get rid of microwaves. And there are solutions like air purifiers and, and dehumidifiers and or, um, dehydrators and various things that you can get. We spoke about genetically modified foods and that we only absorb half of what we ingest nutritionally. You're encouraging people to grow something, no matter what it is, just start, start growing and find a good farmer and a good lo local food group and how important all that is for support and uh, really, really to move into nurturing and supporting your body. Now, unfortunately, we do have to wind down, Penny. It's been an absolutely wonderful experience, as it always is. And we we'll would continue really, this really subject to, like to continue this subject, as Angel Rose suggests, and to point people towards your Lily Hill Farm and Learning Center in Michigan and to find you on the internet at pennykelly.com and contact you and really, really move from mediocrity into this wonderful new life of nutrition and health. Penny, I hope you have a room for me. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Okay, good. I've got 14 bedrooms. There's a bedroom okay, perfect, here. perfect. <laughs> Dehano, this is where we're headed. We're headed to Michigan. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right, we thank All right. you and, um, you know, I'll be contacting you because I do want to continue this subject. It's obviously full of a lot of things people need to know. And we've only yeah. just, just, just tip, you know, hit the tip of the iceberg here. 
So yeah. thank you so much. You are an absolute treasure, and we will be in touch soon. Okay, thank you All so right, much. Penny, Best to both of you. God today. bless. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay, that was Penny Kelly, and what a wonderful discussion we had there about health and about her book, Getting Well Again Naturally, From the Soil to the Stomach. Okay, now we have to wind down. Do remember our free group Akashic Records online tomorrow morning and every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And you'll find out more information about that at worldofempowerment.com. All one word, worldofempowerment.com. Next week, we have Chrisanna talking to us about Bigfoot and its relationship to the human. That's going to be riveting. If you'd like to come on the show and discuss your passion or your spiritual business, contact us at angelrose.com. Until next Saturday at 8 a.m. Pacific time, we send you our love, our blessings, and thanks for listening to myself, Ahanu, and Angel Rose on the Honest to God series. And as we say in Ireland, Slán agus Bannock de Liv Galair. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. The Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu.